Scaring and sharing time, as you know by that theme music. Every time you hear it. Here we are. Here we are. This is a podcast where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. Got it? Get I it. I do. I do. I get it. Just get it. <laughs> That's not I, Nike. Just do I, it. I just got it. <laughs> and Jeremy and I... Oh, well, let me introduce Jeremy first. <laughs> I'm here today with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch, Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself. Yes. And Jeremy and I love horror movies. And we spend the first half of this talking about horror things mostly. And then we assign the other person a horror film they have not seen before. And then we watch them and we talk about them. So if you look in the podcast notes, if you don't want to hear us talk and you just want to go to the movies, you can do that. Just look, just just look in the notes. Okay. Yeah, but hopefully you stick around for the entire ride. That's what we would love. But... We would love that. So but we're Jeremy. not the boss of you. Do what you want. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. You do what you want. Jeremy, how was your week? Uh, not too bad. I'm glad to hear that. I'm yeah. really glad to hear that. <laughs> I'm sitting here like, how is my week? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> Everything runs together. Work is crazy. And then we get to do this, though. So, yeah, I do have a slight um, corrections coven. Oh, OK. <laughs> oh, I'm corrections coven. I like that. Yeah. We haven't had a corrections coven in a minute. We probably I... have a lot of things we need to correct. We just haven't. Oh, I'm sure. But... Um well, because here's the thing, like I used to like spend so much time editing our podcast, taking out little silences, taking out little blips. And it, like, it's just not worth it. Like, it's not that it's not worth it. It's just like no one cares that much about it. So yeah. I do that less like I mark down if one of our mics goes out or, you know, there's like a big issue. Like I will deal with that typically <laughs> unless I forget to write it down. But um, so so I generally like will listen to our episodes out once they're out and just like, you know, just to because I'm weird like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't need to explain myself to you. No, I just I just did that the other day in the car where my phone connected uh, uh, to the my stereo like I normally do. And then Sarah was in the car with me. But it comes up and I was like, yes, I was listening to my own podcast. Don't, don't judge me. But my husband and Susie from Three Funny Ladies, go check it out. They don't listen to their podcast, which I, I'm like, that's fine. But it's also just, I don't know. I'm I'm a weirdo like that. It's um, like it's like in sports, you know, it's like watching back your past games to like learn from your performance. Like that's how I see it. Or uh that's how I view it. When I listen, and, I want to hear like, yeah. what do I sound like? What should I do different? Is there anything? What can I learn from this? And that probably I watch like when I record our shows at the theater, I watch them. So mm -hmm. I Same think you're thing. right. Maybe there's some people who that's like, you know, a part of their makeup and other people's it's it's just not. So anyway, that's a long precursor to, to my corrections, Calvin. Uh -huh. But I was listening to the last shift episode, and at the end, I, I say, out of five swastikas on your face, uh -huh. 
Because there are swastikas on the face. It's a pentagram on it's his face. It's a pentagram. I thought you were going for, see, I didn't, I thought you were going for like a Charles Manson thing, you know, because he was I mean, so influential to the movie and he did carve a swastika into I his face. I generally try so. when it comes to out of five, fill in the blank, something that relates to the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's all. It wasn't a swastika. We don't like swastikas. No, we don't like them. No, 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 we really don't. So last week we talked about 9-11. Now we're talking about swastikas. You know, these are, let's talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it. Is, I will say on the one hand, it is a horror podcast. So uh, we, well, are sure. gonna, we are going to talk about dark things sometimes. Yeah, guess, yeah, but... yeah. That's true. Did you hear on April Fool's Day, they, I don't know who they are. I just, I heard this story. I didn't even look it up to verify that it was the truth. But somewhere they were like, we're going to show um, the director's cut of Midsommar today. And they had people come to watch it. No. And it was actually Bo is Afraid. <gasps> oh my God. So Oof. I don't know the validity of that, but I heard that that happened. And I was like, That's, that would be so fun to be like, yes. oh, do I really want to go see Midsummer? Yeah, sure. Oh my God. It's Bo is Afraid. Yeah. I, uh, the, the newest trailer I saw in the theater oh, how for was Bo it? is yeah, Afraid. I won't watch. Oh, it, it's like now my most anticipated movie. Like it's the thing I want to see most this year is Bo is Afraid because it just looks so like. It looks so me. If you were to watch the trailer, you would be like, obviously, Jeremy is going to lose his shit to watch this movie. So in my mind, it seems like a um, like the Royal Tenenbaums. Who is that? Wes Anderson. You're in, right. in my mind, it feels like it should be like that. Is Does it, it look like that? It does look like Wes Anderson if he was evil. <laughs> you know, like okay. Wes Anderson's evil twin made this movie or something because it has like the whimsy sort of like. Or like a twisted Wizard of Oz. I don't know. Like everything I'm saying is not quite doing it justice, but it looks, you know, wild. And I can't wait. And if you didn't know when you watched it, would you be like, oh, this looks like the guy who did Midsommar and Hereditary. Like, does it have that vibe Mm. or does it look totally different? It sounds very different. It does have his like camera work. Okay. Like if you're familiar with him, like the shots we're seeing, I'm like, that is absolutely his. Because he... He's not a static camera guy. He loves these tracking shots that like are really elaborate. And there is a lot of that in the trailer, but it's just like what you're seeing, like the setup and the the stage, uh, the production design and all that looks different for him. Like it does okay. not look anything similar to, it looks more like he, in an interview, um, he referred to uh, Bo is Afraid as a Jewish Lord of the Rings. Uh, except he's Weird. just trying to go to his mom's house. <laughs> is what he said. Ari Aster said this movie is. Um, and whatever that is, like, I think some of it's conveyed in the trailer where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is some sort of weird epic. Like, he is branching out from his more, uh, you know, hereditary and Midsummer are very much set in the real world. You can tell it's set in, like, the world we live in or supposed to be, you know, mirroring that with some fantastical elements. This looks, I don't even know, phantasmagoria was a word I heard uh, to describe what's in the trailer. So, yeah, I'll go with that. It looks okay out there, psychedelic, trippy, like it looks totally different from what's come before for him. Well, I am definitely intrigued. Did you, were there any other horror, like, um, related April Fool's jokes that you saw? No. Um, 
I saw one that lots of people fell for that was Macy's. Um, the department store said that they would pay Nev Campbell's seven. They would pay her seven million dollars to do Scream Seven if there could be a, a a scene of her and her kids getting chased around in a Macy's. Awesome. <laughs> I saw lots of people reposting that, and everyone's like, "Check the date, bitch." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw one that was. Oh God, what was it? I can't even remember. I, I know there was a couple out there that were like, and this director is going to make this movie. And I cannot remember what. It, oh, the one I saw was Rob Zombie was going to direct the next, you know, Halloween and complete a trilogy of his remakes that, you know, that that was a dead project that was supposed to happen at some point years ago. But mm-hmm. that was clearly everyone's like, check the date, guys. Like he's not <laughs> they're not bringing him back to do another one. So. Yeah, yeah, I think I saw one. Well, Nico the Knave sent me this Twitter. It wasn't. Yeah, I think it was the actual link. And it said um, Olivia Coleman and Colin Firth were going to do a Misery remake on the B- for the BBC. Hmm. And I was all for that. I just can't seem to find anything about it when I Google it. But it wasn't on like April 1st that the post oh, came out. So you're but, not like, sure. So I'm not sure, but I, I would think that that would be all over the place. Uh, but I would love to see that. Yeah. Olivia was, Coleman would be yeah, good. I was looking to like for years. I don't think they've done it every year, but for many April Fools, uh, the Criterion Collection would always do an announcement of a surprise like movie they're adding, which of course was always, but they would always mock up like a, a fake cover and fake special features. Cause like a few years ago, they announced that Chud was joining the collection on April 1st and people were like, Oh my God. But you know, that's funny. it was, it was a joke. Um, and it, yeah, I was looking, but I don't think they did one this year. Like kindergarten cop was one they announced like a couple years back and stuff like that it's always some weird uh uh movie that everyone's like wait what and oh it's april 1st blah 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 so well i have a new segment i'm calling nightmare on nice street (laughs) i'm i'm workshopping that maybe her name's hudson maybe it should be huds or hud like chud i don't know i don't fucking know okay nightmare on hood street (laughs) but my niece hudson who is 10 11 i don't know why at the moment it's escaping me i think she's 10 um she's the one that's into horror movies i've talked about her briefly before Mm -hmm. um but she she, they watched megan i think i mentioned that and she was like it was fine she didn't love it but she sent me a thing and she's like have you seen jigsaw is it any good and i was like i've seen all the saw movies they're not great and she's like no jigsaw the one with the puppet and i'm like "Uh uh-huh that's a sequel of saw and she's like how and i was like i sent her other posts like a collection of all the posters and i'm like all of these are in the same universe and she's like no the one with the puppet it's that one called jigsaw and i'm like i know which one i'm like the puppets in every single one of them i'm like and so i sent a picture and i'm like this one is his name is billy and she's like yep that's the one he looks suspicious doesn't he (laughs) and i thought that was so cute and i'm like well he's not alive or anything just so you know he's just like literally a puppet and she's like if you say so (laughs) and then further nightmares on nightmare on east street part two niece's revenge she sends me a thing and she's like hey have you ever seen terrifier and i'm like you cannot watch that (laughs) (laughs) oh my god if she sees that at 10 there's gonna be no hope 
I know, no hope. I mean, she's, I saw Pet Cemetery at 10, but that is a much different movie. Yeah, she's going to turn out like us. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, I saw, I saw Predator at like five, so. So, yeah. I, <laughs> it'll it'll stay with you. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you cannot watch that. I'm sure she must have seen, you know, Art the Clown somewhere and was like, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah, he's everywhere now. Oh, boy. Um, should we read some terrograms? Yeah, let's let's do some terrograms. Let's do it. So I am gonna kick us off with a terrogram from friend of the podcast, Lauren, who Lauren rewatched, um, or she watched Chud too. I think she must have seen it before. So she sent some musings as she was watching it, and then she writes, "I realize why I don't remember this movie. It really does feel like a Return of the Living Dead movie. I kept trying to figure out why this movie is rated R. I can only assume it's due to the two F." bombs and the bunsen burner through the head i'm with brandy joe on this one with a two out of five i wanted to give more for obviously knowing its place in the horror universe but the lack of comical gore left me sad if you're going to be slapped with an r rating embrace it Side note, I was listening to your latest episode while driving the kids to the beach. Tess was managing to tune out the entire thing through her earbuds until she suddenly heard her name. She stared at me like, what the fuck? Or rather, WTF. I explained that I've told you guys all about her. She started listening to the episode from the beginning on her phone while I kept going. I don't know if you will have a new regular listener, and she probably won't think... I'm any cooler after getting a shout-out on a podcast, but hey, at least it got you another listen. If you hear this, test, your mom is cool and you owe her your life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I've been doing those 25 to 30-minute workout runs for the track team with you while you were on vacation because I love you. <laughs> Oh, my God, that made me laugh so hard. Lord, I didn't read that before. I actually read it right now, and i that is fucking hilarious. You, Sorry, are, you are a cool mom. Oh, you are such a cool mom. That is amazing. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm... <laughs> Of course, she agrees with me. Just kidding. I'm not one of those people that need people to agree with them. I like discord and discussion and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I agree with everything she was saying. I just it should have had more fun gore. Yeah, that's all. And I and I can agree too. Yes. Yes. Even if, you even just, if my rating was different, you just rated it a four and a half. Yeah, I just gave it five stars. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well thank but, you for listening lauren and taz thank you for listening and yes your mom is amazing okay so uh we yeah. love her if you want to write us to us you can scaring and sharing at gmail.com or i imagine you have email doesn't everyone have email yeah probably unless people have moved beyond even using email because i was just <laughs> thinking about like my personal email i don't even use for anything other than like advertisements and like businesses to send me things so Oh my God, though, like I remember the first time I, because I was listening to It's Only a Podcast and I loved them. And they had done a post or they, they, they did Poltergeist as one of their um, Overkill series. And they talked about the first one. They didn't mention at all that it was rated PG. And I just, I, I remember writing like a comment on like their 
Instagram post mm-hmm. about it or something like, I can't believe you didn't talk about how it's PG. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, like, I was listening to the next episode. I was out on a walk. It was the beginning of COVID. I remember it. I remember exactly where I was. And they read my comment on the next episode. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I fanboyed all over the place. It was very, very exciting. And now you have your own podcast. <laughs> yes. And Christian at at, at least listens. Yeah. So, um, hi, Christian. And you. you you can uh, read other people's comments out and make them go, oh, my God. I hope. I hope yes. that's and, and speaking of Christian from It's Only a Podcast, check it out. He made a comment about how I said one-timer hockey masks mm-hmm. on the last episode, and that that's a, a, an actual hockey term. Yeah. And wondered if I knew that. And I did not. And I didn't even look it up to see what, what it means. But. It is. I'll read it to you right now. Okay. A one-timer is a shot that occurs when a player meets a teammate's pass with an immediate slap shot without any attempt to control the puck on their stick. Oh, duh. Of course, yeah. Oh, duh. I was thinking, I was like, man, my dad would be so disappointed in me because he's a huge hockey. Like, that's his number one thing uh, sports-wise is hockey. And I'm like, I don't know what <laughs> so here we are here we are all right well i think you have one as well why don't you take it away all right from teacher drew in phoenix teacher drew Drew writes good morning guys i shouldn't be surprised but at present it's raining here in seattle Uh, (laughs) it makes me think of hemingway who wrote i'm afraid of the rain because sometimes i see me dead in it how's that for dark wow hemingway that's pretty like (laughs) Knowing what happened to Ernest Hemingway, uh, that's pretty prescient almost, I guess. Uh, Anyway, Teacher Drew writes, I did see Malum. There were some creepy moments, but it lost me when it went off the rails. I also saw D&D. I have to say it was one of my favorites of the year so far. In a stretch, there are horror elements, but mostly I wanted to give a shout out to Jeremy. And I really want to see the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Haven't haven't yet gotten a, a group together. I'm trying to get like my D&D loving buddies to go to it. So that would be cool. Um, and then Teacher Drew continues. Speaking of Jeremy, I was wondering if he has started writing his pet project yet. Ooh, I'll get to that in a minute. You mentioned the Dark Shadows soap opera. When I was a kid, they played daily reruns after school. I would always sneak and watch them before my parents got home. Winking emoji. I appreciated the horror light. Lastly, I chuckled at your reference to crumble cookies. I'm a fan and there is one three blocks from my house. Dangerous. Anyway, that's all for now. Till next time. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay you. Teacher Drew and Phoenix. Oh, Teacher Drew. Yes. Oh, my God. Crumble. If anyone out there, if you got the carrot cake one this past week. Oh, it was so good. Oh, my God. Yes, uh, I love my subscription. Yeah, I have been working on my script on and off. I had like oh, a yeah? burst of creativity. Uh, then I kind of stopped. But now I've I've come back to it. I've been having these like, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like my midlife crisis where I'm like, if there's one thing I want to do, I need to finish a screenplay like in my lifetime just to have done it. You know, something I've worked on on and off since like, high school i've been trying to write a feature like screenplay most of them just kind of you know you get going it's hard to write what are they supposed to be like 90 pages on average like it's hard to write that much of a story uh so i've got lots of false starts over the years where i get like some scenes you know or like 
a few pages done and then I'm just like, what, what am I doing? And, you know, and you give up on it because it's hard. Being creative is hard sometimes. It really is. But I've, I've been going, this is, this is a one uh, I've been trying. It's, it's a werewolf movie set in college. And I've been trying to write it since I was in college. Uh, this is probably my third or fourth draft attempt at it, but this one's going along. This one's more promising. So. I was going to say, like, it almost feels like if there are these um, hurdles along the way or like little, you know, moments where it it gets too much or whatever, like, it seems like you could start with a short because a short would also be easier to get made and get some feedback mm-hmm. and then you flesh it out. That's 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 an idea, too. I've never really thought about that. Um, and I'm just swimming, man. I've, I've got so many ideas in my head. I'm always just rattling stuff off. So I'm like, really, I should just start writing all of these down and just let them out into the world and see what happens. I know I forget about every once in a while I get an idea for a good story. And I haven't written in forever. Like I've only I think I've written a couple short plays too. Mm-hmm. And I used to, I mean, I have a writing minor. I used to love some creative writing, mostly like oh. poetry, like non-rhyming poetry. I used to write prose poetry all the time, too. Prose poetry, thank you. I know there was yeah. a word for it. It's been so yeah. long since prose. I've done it, I've forgotten. I, I was just never really good at like meter and figuring out like that yeah. sort of stuff. So I'm like, for I'm like, nope, I'm just going to let it go in a free form, like yeah. prose. Like that's yeah. what that's what I do. Sort of like, uh, what's his name? John Milton. Uh, paradise lost like that was just a prose mm-hmm. prose poem i like those sorts of things where they tell a story but they're supposed to be poetry and i love a good short story you know what my husband doesn't appreciate short stories as much i'm not oh. gonna say he doesn't like them because i think there's probably times where he has but yeah. as a rule he's not terribly into short stories mm. which i think may transmit no i think I, he's watched some short films that i've shown him that he enjoys i don't think he's as much of a, a block there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just interesting because I love short stories. Yeah. But like, I, I would like to write more. Anyway, my point originally uh, before I went off on a, a tangina was that I do keep like, because I use my notes program in my iPhone all the time. Like I have like 4,000 notes in there because I don't like ever get rid of them. Mm-hmm. But it's that therefore I've had stuff for years and years. But I have, I think a few started that say like story ideas. Like if I have something that comes to me and I write down the basic idea so that I don't forget it. And I, I should go back and like look through and just just do an acting i'm an acting do a do a, an exercise do a, a writing exercise and just take one of those and just write write a little bit yeah i'm very old school and analog in my creative process i have physical notebooks oh that I've had for years that are just filled with like snippets and starts of ideas or just ideas oh. written down bits of dialogue things like that like all over the place so i need to like start formulating them into real things instead of Mm -hmm. just just notes so um i got a lot of them and i mean we you know we do have to work on and workshop uh uh joan crawford has risen from the grave my uh we really do my play idea and you had uh poltergaze poltergaze yeah and and then there was glory hole oh gory hole gory hole that was it gory oh my god i want to do the gory holes so bad Uh, and i i had friends people i know personally that do listen to our show sometimes had heard that episode they're like make that movie that would be hilarious so oh my god the gory hole so there was positive response to gory hole yes (laughs) yes 
I bet Tromo would make it. We could send that off to Lloyd Kaufman and he'd be like on board. Oh, yeah. For uh, sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, well, thank you, Teacher Drew. And anyone, you can write to us, scaringandsharing at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk yeah. about whatever with you. You can Or Instagram. Yeah. yeah slide yeah. into the DMs. Slide into the DMs. Share. I know there's like other ways. Apparently people can get us through like the, uh, what you call it, uh, the link tree or whatever doesn't that have a place to leave comments it does. And sometimes and I they always come in. forget to look there so you know what while we're talking might as well yes. just pull it up and let's just... look at it now let's see if there's something that's been there for like months <laughs> let's see if anyone left anything there nope last one was um your your friend keith that i think yep. i brought up before yep um, Yep, that was seven months ago. So yes, yep. you can leave us something. You can't go on there too, because some, sometimes they, they pop up in there. So they do. Okay. Um I had one other thing. I was watching something about banned movies or video nasties, and they were talking yeah. about faces of death, which I'm also so excited for the movie. I'm so Yeah, excited. which is getting a a new like I don't know. I'm wondering what that's gonna be. It's gonna have to be some sort of meta like commentary yes, on the original I'm movies. So in- but like that's the way to fucking do something. Like put that yeah. new twist on it. Like I love yeah. that. And it maybe it won't be successful, but it's promising. Yeah, and you can't do what the originals did because that's just no. so like yeah. I don't know. You have the internet now. Yeah, the internet has already like taken over what it tried to do, and that that would just be so like I don't know. It's a different time. <laughs> but I didn't know this and. It was on Spooky Astronaut, which I really like her a lot. She's Emma. She's so cute. She has an Australian accent, and I just love her. She has so many, so many good videos. And she was talking about Faces of Death. And apparently, like, and I don't know when this was or where this was, but a math teacher showed it to his class, and two of the students sued the school. (laughs) I think I've heard that story before. That's so crazy. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. Oh, my God. What the fuck? fuck i don't think speaking of those i don't think i've ever actually seen any of them all the way through um i do know over the years i've seen bits and pieces i think of like every single faces of death movie of which there are like four or five something like that of the faces of death series but i've seen like clips and i know a lot of the real clips that are featured yeah throughout I've, them. I've seen traces of death yes and then i've seen parts of the traces of death movies as well which are a ripoff, but the difference there was like those were all real footage. There was never mm-hmm. any like fake footage in those. But yeah, and I, I mean, I watched it in high school, and there were some scenes that really disturbed me. Like yeah. mostly like the suicide stuff. Like yeah, there's that there's... guy who kills himself in, like at a press conference. Yeah, Bud Dwyer. Yep, yep. And there was another one. I think I've talked about this before, but you know, hundred and some episodes and you forget. But there forget. was someone who would try to kill themselves, um, and their face was all disfigured because of it, and they were like in a, like a playground, like on like a um a kind of merry go round and they were just talking to them like it wasn't like right after it was like yeah late, but like it just disturbed me so much was that the guy that like later then claimed he did it because of like an ozzy osbourne song or something oh, like a maybe. Heavy, heavy metal song i think why do because, you remember that does this ring a bell yeah i remember in the news there was like a young man that tried to kill himself that just ended up disfiguring himself horribly but at some point he said he was like inspired by some heavy metal song or something like that. And it brought in like this, all this pressure, you know, on like music is making kids kill themselves and stuff like that. You know, the, the whole, uh, the beginnings of the media, you know, attacking 
media we consume saying it makes people into killers and suicidal mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's I think that I might be totally wrong, but no, I, I think I, th- I think that that person is related to that story where it was like a Judas Priest song or some metal band from back then that he said was like, oh, I, was insp- I, I did it while listening to this song or something like that. And everyone was like, boom, it inspired him. Heavy metal's evil. I just never I don't want to go back and watch it to find out. No, yeah, as I've got, I've thought about like, should I try watching these? I'm like, no, no, as I've gotten older, I don't have, I don't think I have the stomach for most of that stuff anymore. Definitely not. But I was going to say that Bud Dwyer video is like burnt into my brain. Yeah. Having seen it. And it was also immortalized by the band Filter with the song, Hey Man, Nice Shot. Oh boy. You know that song. You actually, you do because it was the, uh, they used it in Demon Knight as the like theme song the opening uh, okay the opening car chase sequence plays that song alternative rock classic so okay <laughs> there, there you go all right if you say so yeah did you have any news or, or you know what yes did you have any news or views i have some views i just haven't got to them yet i forgot oh, I, I have news and a view i guess Ooh, my, okay, my news being what i thought was fun. this is just a fun little blurb it's been i feel like a quiet early slow week i haven't seen anything to like uh, astounding out there uh but uh i just saw a blurb about devin sawa uh mm-hmm. who, who we are fans of on this podcast and so hot but he apparently commented on some article or like he shared it like some article about his best performances or whatever but or his most underrated performances something like that but he said uh what he thinks is his best underrated performance was from the movie idle hands mm-hmm. which i've never seen which I have seen and I loved that movie. Like I was, I think I was the perfect demographic when it came out. Yeah. I remember, I remember it definitely. being, yeah, in when I was in high school, it was out. They played it on, it bombed in theaters and then it was on cable all the time. And I remember watching it, whatever it was on. And it was just, it spoke to me. It was my kind of movie. So is Rachel Lee Cook in that? I don't know. Let me look. Okay. I only um, remember Devin Sawa and uh, um, uh, Seth Green. Okay. I feel like there's a girl. Yes, that there is. is. Oh, it's, Je- it's Jessica Alba. Oh, okay. Jessica Alba, Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, Jessica Alba's in it. And oh, and it's Eldon Henson. I Who's love that? El- Eldon Henson. Uh, he was in the Mighty Ducks movies originally. Oh my God, I love the Mighty Ducks. Yeah, he was. Uh, 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 oh, the name's escaping me. In the Mighty Ducks, uh, he was Fulton Reed, which I feel like that character actually had a nickname, but. Okay. But yeah, he was a child actor that has gone on to be a, you know, grown up actor. He's in Disney. Well, now it's Disney, Marvel and Disney's Daredevil TV series and stuff okay. like that. So and what did you actor. watch this week? Uh, uh, what did I watch? No, I guess I didn't watch anything. No, oh, OK. <laughs> I thought I had views, but actually, no, nothing of note. So I watched Servant, which was so good. It was the last season. And it was so, so good. Um, I didn't love the finale, but it was fine. It had an M. Night Shyamalani sort of twist a little bit. Not like a big one, but like um, it was kind of like, oh. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good series. What I really loved about it is all the episodes are 30 minutes, which mm. is just so digestible, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then... For my birthday, Joe got me some really cool horror things. And one of them is like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's like from Halloween. It's like a bobblehead duo, sort of. Mm. And it's like Michael Myers staring at Bob, like stabbed up against the wall. 
cool. It's just really, it's a cool little bubble. Anyway, aside from that, he also got me because it goes with like the color scheme on the bed, like a a pillow for the fog. It's like this cute mm. little accent pillow, and it's just really cool looking. And last night I was like, I should rewatch the fog because I have never been a fan of it, uh-huh. and I rewatched it, and it is yeah good. Uh, I'm oh my god, I'm glad. You changed your mind because I love the fog. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's I I almost wish it all took place in like the singular night. I understand because it's a movie they have to go to the day and then back to the night. But it mm-hmm. starts off so like the, the the whole beginning is so good. Like the first like 10, 15 minutes, however long that sequence is. And I found like I just like when I would think about it, I'm always like, ugh, the stupid like ghost pirate movie. And like they're not <laughs> pirates. <laughs> but yeah. I always remember them as pirates. I mean, that's the easiest thing to call them. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, I thought it was really good. I mean, there were some really good scares in it. There's like 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 some good jump. Like when you're not familiar with it, like there's quite a few spots where you jump and some really creepy sequences. So, yeah, the, the yeah. entire opening it's is so good, so creepy, so good. So yeah, I'm glad I rewatched it, and now I can appreciate my pillow even more. Even though I already liked it, I mean, I like anything horror. Yeah. Um, I mean, if someone got me a high tension pillow, I probably wouldn't like put it on my bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I know the fog's like a classic and whatever. But but yeah, and I love the poster too. Like I just think the poster's so good. And I oh, I, yeah. I totally forgot that Janet Lee's in it. Like I, I don't even mm-hmm. like that didn't even spark a memory when I saw her. Like I yeah. wasn't like oh right. I was like oh what? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So and I just remember the remake was so bad. Yeah, me too. Did it have the same story? Like it surely it didn't have like lap like leper sailors or whatever i feel like it was similar what i remember from the remake is you never see the ghosts oh okay and that's one of the best parts about this yeah and they're just running away from fog the entire time and yeah and i remember the remake having like selma blair was in it and like it had decent actors but like it's yeah and that that (laughs) girl from lost maggie the girl played maggie right Mm -hmm. oh my god she was everywhere for a second Oh, no, Maggie Grace is her name, actually. Just kidding. Um, She was Shannon on Lost. Oh, right, Shannon. Uh, Yeah, and Selma Blair and Tom Welling. Mm -hmm. I just, God, it was so bad. Oh, my God, it's Metascore is a 27 on Netflix. Oof, duh. Yep, yes. But I, like, watching it, I'm like, oh, it really could have had a decent remake but also it's just really good as as is the yes. effects and stuff don't need to be updated yep yeah it's great sequences great 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 and the end is perfect and the music is fucking fabulous mm-hmm. that john carpenter score is it's, so good it's one of his best i oh, think yeah so haunting and just amazing so i'm really glad i rewatched it and 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 that i loved it yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna say four stars. I oh, haven't yeah. done my letterbox, but that's what I'm giving out for. Yeah, easily. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we get to our shares? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I was just thinking. Here's here's my little preamble into my share. Okay. Is the fact that there's been no news about the Toxic Avenger remake, and it's driving True. me crazy. I was just scouring the internet for anything more because it finished filming last year. Uh, and has been in like post-production 
since okay. apparently but yeah other than some like interview blurbs with like peter dinklage <laughs> talking about it saying that it's you know mm-hmm. it was wild and he loved having a, a to do like more of a guerrilla filmmaking style like something low budget and fast and dirty uh that was you know like a trauma movie because apparently peter dinklage grew up a fan of trauma so that's why he ended up <laughs> in this movie so um i don't know I, I want that to come out. We keep hearing about all these other movies that mm-hmm. they're fast tracking. Like the exorcist is supposed to be out this year. I don't know how, cause it just finished filming this year. That seems like a tight turnaround, but uh, I have faith. Yeah. So where's toxic Avenger though, guys, I want to see that remake. So anyway, it's making me crazy that we've got no news on that yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are you going to give me? Well, I'm up first, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, and everybody is going to say, hey, wait a minute, Jeremy. This isn't a horror movie because sometimes we do that. Sometimes we break and we do something adjacent to horror. Sure. And adjacent to our interests on this podcast. So that's what I'm doing this week. Oh. Uh, I am giving you a movie. It's called I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. Mm-hmm. And... Okay. There, there you go. Do you know anything about this flick? I don't know. I feel like I do, but I can't think of it. Is it a Netflix movie? It is Netflix original. It lives on Netflix. I feel like it's a younger couple and they go on like a killing rampage, I want to say. I don't think I've seen it. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces or i was gonna watch it but that's what i'm going with young couple i'm gonna say a a guy who sort of influences a, a young girl and i think they're gonna go on an off off road a, a like a road trip murdering spree okay that's what i'm gonna go with uh yeah no i think you'll be pleasantly surprised by the people okay. involved in this and the names you'll see so that's like that's where I'm going with this. What? Why I've selected this? So you'll okay, see. you'll see. I have a couple banging around in my head. Um, I just saw this mentioned somewhere, so I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna give you at the devil's door. At the devil's door. I've heard the title. I don't know anything about this. Um, I feel like this is some sort of weird thriller with. For some reason, I want to say serial killer based, maybe uh, at the devil's door. Yeah, I think it's people terrorized by a serial killer or something like that. Maybe there's a supernatural element. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Joe said that the other day and some, we were talking about something. And he said hilarity ensues and everyone found it so funny. So mm-hmm. and I thought mm-hmm. of you. Yep. I love it. <laughs> cool. Well, let's watch these <laughs> let's and get come back it. and talk about them. Awesome. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. This is the part of the show where we talk about the movies. That's right. We went away, we came back, and now we're here. (laughs) For you, it was a matter of seconds. And if you want to skip ahead to the next movie, just look at the podcast notes, okay? But we're going to start with Jeremy's movie first. That's right. I ain't got no home in this world anymore. What is that song? That is the actual song the title of this movie comes from. 
which no, is I know, but what is the song? Is that the name of the song? Yeah, I ain't got oh, no okay. home in this world anymore. Oh, I ain't was, got was popularized by Woody Guthrie. Um, but uh it's it's an old gospel song that goes back, you know, a long time. And there's many versions. Sometimes it's called I don't have a home in this world anymore. I ain't got no home in this world anymore. Can't find a home. You know, it's it alternates like the title. But okay. uh, for, for this movie, they modernized it to like modern syntax. And that's I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Uh, directed by Macon Blair. Macon Blair. There's the adjacent. That's why I thought about this movie. Yes, I figured. Um, and the description, there is no tagline. The description is when a depressed woman is burglarized, she finds a new sense of purpose by tracking down the thieves alongside her obnoxious neighbor. But they soon find themselves dangerously out of their depth against a pack of degenerate criminals. Oh, I don't find him obnoxious. Yeah, I thought he was endearing, but weird. Yeah. Um. So this movie is Siagad. I'm glad. I even like I just wondered if my husband might want to watch it. So I just showed him the poster. I'm like, do you want to watch this? I'm watching it for the pod. And he was like, sure. And I was like, okay. So we watched it and he loved it too. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. I'm glad. Yes. I was very, very excited. Um, And Elijah Wood, I mean, we like fucking jerk off to him all the time on this podcast, but he's so fucking good. Yeah, he's just made amazing decisions for his career at this point. You know, he like he was a child actor. Uh, he did Lord of the Rings and that bought him the ability to do whatever he wants now. And what he wants to do is cool, weird character stuff like this. So I love it. I know. I'll take it. And on top of that, like I, I probably love Melanie Linsky more than I love Elijah Wood. So sorry, Elijah, but I fucking love her. I, I that's that's another reason I, I wanted to give you this because I know you have expressed uh fondness for her in the past on the show like Uh, i remember at some point you've mentioned her before so uh yeah i was like okay i gotta give them this because they're just such a dynamic duo in this movie yeah and i i feel like no one like when i said what i thought this was about it what i was thinking there's like um like a netflix series that's sort of like what i was thinking where some people start killing a bunch of like a younger couple Mm -hmm. i want to say but like it's sort of like a, a road trip movie, but I feel like there's an RV involved. It definitely wasn't this that I was yeah. thinking of. Nope, nope. But yeah, I don't feel like anyone really talked about this movie. Like I sort of vaguely remember hearing about it, but it's from 2017. So I mean, it's it's a chunk of change old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't think that's a term, but I, I remember it coming out and being like, oh, I got to watch this because I love the people that are in it. Uh, and then liking it. And then like everyone I knew that watched it or when I looked up like reviews, everyone was very like mediocre, like lukewarm on this movie. So I think that's why it kind of like quietly just became, a, you know, a lost uh, cult hit, if you will. Yeah. So if you've not seen it, I mean, not going all spoilery, but there's this woman who's uh, a little sort of meh in life. She just lives a job that whatever. And she gets robbed. And then like she feels sort of that the police aren't, putting as much effort into it as she would like them to and something valuable of hers got stolen. And so she sort of takes matters into her own hands and it just sort of goes down this weird spiral 
um, as the description says, like with uh, like, you know, her neighbor, Elijah Wood. And and it's just like it's endearing. Like she is like just like you root for her. And you also just like know that feeling. At least I imagine most people do that feeling of like Jesus Christ. Like I just like I think she says multiple times, like I just don't want people people to be assholes. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and this this movie feels more relevant as years go on because it just feels like it's getting worse <laughs> in the world as far as just people being dicks to each other. So, but yeah, I a hundred percent like even though Macon Blair did not direct Green Room, right? Nope. Or nope. Murder Party, he's just involved in them and maybe wrote some of them. I think he may have been involved in the story of that. I know he is childhood best friends with Jeremy Saulnier the director okay. of those movies. Yes. So yeah. And, and that's gotta be why this movie feels like it could be set in the same universe that all of Jeremy Saulner's movies take place in. So yeah, just not quite as dark, but yeah, but it, it still, it gets there. Like, yeah, I saw on Letterboxd, somebody called this movie green room meets a Coen brothers movie. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could, I could gel with that. Yeah. And I think that's a perfect description. And curious, have you ever been robbed? No. Nope. I once went to an after hours club in Denver when I was going to, when I was an undergrad. And I remember we were like, it was in a real sketch neighborhood, but we would go there from like midnight to like 6 a.m., do a shit ton of ecstasy. And we went there with our friend Lindsay, who goes by the name Pearl now. <laughs> and we were walking out of the club and I was like, oh shit. And my window was smashed. Ugh. And she had left her purse in the car. Shit. Like it, like and and like and her purse was gone, and they took some other shit in my car. Maybe I don't think my stereo because it wasn't a great stereo, but like it, the real crap of it was having to get my window replaced and driving around without a window for however long that took. Um, because I was spending all my money on drugs. I didn't have money to buy a window. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's the only time that I can think of, which I mean isn't the same as like a home invasion because like she talks about it's like. That and it, I mean, you've heard multiple people talk about it all over the place. It's just like that that invasion of privacy. Like it's like your home, mm-hmm. and and I don't like the cop. Like makes her feel like sort of bad for not knowing if she locked the door, and therefore probably the door was unlocked. But like it shouldn't matter. It just shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. I mean, that's just a total classic dick cop character. But I I've known people that have had those sorts of interactions with like authorities where they essentially just victim blame you for, you know, any perceived like misstep in, you know, inviting whatever happened to you. So and it's interesting because you sort of go along for a little bit, maybe 20 minutes or so sort of following Melanie Melanie Linsky and then. What? I have been I have been robbed. Sorry. Oh, you have? Uh, yeah, just it was like weird. I my old car I had, it was an old Chevy Cavalier uh, and I had the catalytic converter stolen off of it at the what apartment is complex. The, I Cadillac convertible. The, the catal- <laughs> catalytic converter is like part of the exhaust system on a car. Um, okay. it's, it's supposed to help, you know, clean emissions or whatever make it less dirty and harmful to the environment but so it's um, on the outside of the car not anymore like most modern cars i can't remember after a certain year now they're like built inside of the chassis of the car Mm. Uh, but on older cars like especially like from the early 2000s for uh before 
they were on the underside. Like you could crawl underneath the car and it was attached to the uh, exhaust pipe underneath the car. Um, okay. But the, the reason they put them in sidecars now is because people would climb under it with a hacksaw and cut it off your car and steal it because the catalytic converter has usually platinum or gold inside of it. So they would scrap it to get that little bit of money uh, out of it. Um, but I had that stolen and that just sucked and the police did nothing for me. So it's like that. I know exactly the feeling in this uh, yeah. in this uh, movie. So, oh, Joe and I had a car broken into once when we went down to the Fisher down in Detroit and we came out and they had just stolen like all this change and maybe the stereo. I think the stereo might have been stolen as well, but it was like not a great car, but they mm -hmm. stole. There was like just a bunch of change. I was like, okay, crackheads. Speaking yeah. of crackheads, then we have this shift in this movie and mm -hmm. it's more tweakers. Then we sort of meet our villains of the movie, like mm -hmm. a, a good little portion into it. And then, and then I'm like, oh, of course they're tweakers because they're off in the woods smoking crystal meth. Um, but what is it called when you take a shit in someone like that tank in the back of someone's toilet? What is that called? That is called an upper decker. That's so gross. Yep. <laughs> that, and that's such a like, what a vile thing to do to somebody. I'm like, <laughs> such a great introduction to a character, though. Have him doing that and yep. like just having broken to this party just to steal some stuff. And like, I love that you don't know how he got into the party. He's just there. And then it's like, oh, like people are like trying to figure out who he is and get rid of him. And it's just like, it's a great character introduction, you know? Yeah. And very realistic, because I've been at plenty of parties where shit like that went down, where there's just some shady character there that, like, nobody knows who he is or why he was there. So, yeah. yeah. And also, I keep for I didn't bring this up when we talked about Scream 6, but did you see the costume party from Murder Party? Or the costume that someone wore for, from Murder Party? Yeah, you know what? I forgot to mention that, too, but I distinctly <laughs> remember sitting in the theater and I'm like, I think he's dressed as the knight from Murder Party, right? He's in totally. the guy's knight, uh, knight costume for Murder Party. Which is just such a good movie. Like, I feel that's more akin to this than Green Room because yeah. there's more humor in Murder Party. And then yes. it just like spirals into like just crazy bloody mayhem at the end. Yeah, much like uh, sort of the course this movie follows where yeah. it just... It, it starts as one thing and it becomes something else entirely in the third act. And Derek Mears is in it. Yeah, I was going to say, we get a cameo from, uh, you know, the most recent Jason himself. Yep. Love and he's, that. He's, he's not a bad actor. No, he's decent. No. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he surprises me because he does a lot of, like, character work. Like, here he's, he's like, affecting a kind of southern, you know, hillbilly accent. And, like, yeah, he does... Uh, when he pops up, it's always something interesting, I think, in uh, whatever he shows up in. Did you ever see the movie Falling Down with Michael Douglas? Yes. So I've never seen it, but mm -hmm. it's about a person, as, for lack of a better term, going postal, right? Like, as mm -hmm. had it, and he yep. just, like, takes matters into his own hand, right? Yeah, you're right. He's fed up, and he just goes on a bit of a rampage. But not like towards innocent people. It's like to people that piss him off. Yeah, it's more like people that piss him off. Um, to in it, it becomes increasingly like unhinged as that okay. plot unfolds, where you're like, okay, he's not like he's not supposed to be a hero. You're not supposed to idolize him in that movie. He is like a very flawed person, but there is something relatable in his like just wanting to lash out at assholes in society. Yeah, but this movie, like, you root for Melanie Linsky all the way, which no, I just you do, love. yeah. Yeah. And it's, so, like, I feel like this movie captures a certain sort of 
yeah, like depression, like I said, they describe her as a depressed woman. And it's like, yeah, it's a sort of, because uh, I feel like when you talk about depression, like in the, so often media wants to always portray it as like, they're like suicidal and they can barely function and, and it's always this like very dramatic version of depression. But I feel like many people suffer from some form of depression that is much more like this, much more muted and quiet and just sort of, you know, with you in your life. But it is more of a malaise where, uh, you know, uh, work sucks. I hate it. I feel trapped in my life and everybody around me is dicks and there's nothing I can do. I feel like this movie really hits home with this very relatable, very real form of, uh, yeah, just malaise and depression and nihilistic, you know, feelings. I think a lot of people uh, have to live through. And it's just so funny. So, like, if you're someone listening to the show who does not necessarily like horror movies, I'm talking to you, Gretchen. Uh, this, I feel like this is a good movie for someone like that. I mean, yeah. you have to know that it there's gonna be bloodshed, okay? Yeah, but it's not. Uh, well, I was gonna say it is gratuitous, but it is used tactically. Like, it is very precise, and it's not like overwhelming. Yeah, and the end is so good. I mean, really, just like the last, whatever, 15 minutes or whatever is just 15, 20 minutes is so yeah. good. But like, and I like, love, 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 like the very end. Yeah, the so setup. Good. Yeah, that setup to get to, you know, the climax, if you will. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, And it's legitimately nail biting. Like, it is like an awesomely constructed bit of like thriller filmmaking right there. Yeah, I totally agree. I love it. And Melanie Linsky, and I'm sure I've asked it before, but you've seen Heavenly Creatures? Or you've not uh, seen Heavenly With her Creatures. And Kate Winslet? Is that the Peter Jackson yes, movie? Like yeah, I have seen that. Yes, oh I have seen that movie. And I remember it like fucking me up when I saw it. Like, that's all I remember. I watched it once in college when I was like discovering Peter Jackson's like uh, early films. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had watched that one because everyone was like, it's like this really. It seems to have just kind of vanished from everybody's radar. And it's like an unsung like masterpiece of, you know, uh, out uh, outdoor filmmaking like Peter Jackson does. And then I remember watching it and being like, I don't know how to feel about this movie because it hit me so hard, like watching it. Yeah, she's just so good. And then she was in But I'm a Cheerleader, which I love. And um, Ever After, which I recently watched, that Drew Barrymore Cinderella movie. It is so mm. goddamn boring. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. Coyote Ugly, which I don't remember her in that. Maybe she's like her best friend. Like, she was definitely that character actress for a while. But then yeah. I feel like she started to gain a little bit. Like, and she's coming to her own these last few years. But yeah. like, never stopped working. And I love that for her. Yeah, she had an awesome turn in um, The Last of Us. Oh, yeah. I heard that she was in that. Yep. Yep. She had a supporting role that was really uh, very cool for her to see her flex uh, a different sort of uh, uh, act acting muscles for that. And she you is... still. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say she's very intense in yeah. Last of Us. Oh, good. She's very good at being intense. And like Two and a Half Men, like, I mean, she had that fucking show for forever, mm -hmm. which I did not and will not watch. I but... have seen it. It's one of those uh, shows that I feel like is on at people's parents' house across the country. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the only time I've ever watched it is when my parents have reruns on of it. And I've seen like, I feel like just like the Big Bang Theory, I've seen the same like five episodes multiple times. And that's about it. So in Castle Rock, she's in the 
in that, and she is so good. I just love her in that. She is amazing. She's in the first season. And then she's in this segment of XX, which is this like horror compilation with all female directors. And I don't, I didn't watch it all, but I watched her segment. I did huh. not care for it, but she's just always good. And then Yellow Jackets, which you've not watched, right? Yep. Nope. And I just keep seeing so many rave things about it that no, I got to check it out. Gotta. You just so. gotta. Um, but yeah, so love her. Love Elijah Wood. He is so, so cute in it. Oh, God. And I feel so seen by his character. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you do. Because I'm like, oh, my God, this is one of those characters where it's like they got pretty damn close to how I would uh, see myself represented in a film. So I could see him sort of being you and Bert like put together. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> And also there's this moment where Macon Blair actually is like it's tiny little bit part, but he like spoils something for her at the bar when she's reading a book. And like, yes, it's yep. just the worst. I remember there was this woman that was like a, a higher up at this bookstore Joe and I used to run and we were watching Lost at the time, or at least I was. I think Joe had maybe given up on it or maybe he was still watching it. But the finale had happened. We hadn't had a chance, not the ultimate finale, but the end of one of the seasons where there's a pivotal line that is spoken that tells you like that throws everything in a loop and you're like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And she was like, she just like said it to us. Oh God, last night. And I was like, oh, we haven't watched it yet. And she's like, oh, well he says blah, blah. And, he, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, it's just not like, I'm so anti spoilers. Like if I give a spoiler, it is like a hundred percent on accident. Like I thought the person had watched, like it's I'm more than anything, try to be overly cautious. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, knowing how I am about trailers. Like I don't even want to watch a trailer. Okay. Yeah, especially like with books too, like happens to her because I've had that happen to me where like somebody sees me reading a book or whatever and they're like, have you gotten to the part where blah? And I'm like, no, but thanks for ruining it because I didn't know that's where it was going. So, you know, that's just all too familiar. There's a special place in hell for those kind of people. I think so. Yeah. All right. Well, I loved it. Okay. Uh, do you have anything else to add about it? I don't. No, I mean, and rewatching this just makes me more excited for the Toxic Avenger remake because I yeah. think this is, I think, Macon Blair's only feature film that he was directed, uh, and now on to Toxic Avenger. So, uh, yeah, I think he's already proven he's a capable director right out the gate with this movie. So, uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, so, um. <laughs> That's what I was going to use. Out of five pieces of cat meat, how many do you give it? Uh, I'm going to give it four. Me cat too. Meats. Also a four. All right. There's a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Fuck yeah. I love the, just speaking of cat meat, you know, just some of the, really non sequitur dialogue that is in this thing is just like amazing. Like, I don't yeah. know how you, I don't know how you come up with that. Like the woman in the mild spoilers in the beginning, you know, the woman that dies at the hospital where she works, like when they're like, did she have any last words? And she said, you know, I can't even remember, but it's all this horrible, yeah. vulgar shit right before she dies. So funny. And you're like, Oh man, that's so great. But yeah. So good. All right. Well, let's move along to, I think, 
2013, 2014, but I think I read that this came out in 2013. Whatever. It's like nine or ten years old. At the Devil's Door, directed by Nicholas McCarthy, and the tagline is, it's looking for a home. And the description is, when ambitious young real estate Lee is asked to sell a house with a checkered past, she crosses crosses paths with a disturbed girl whom she learns is a, the runaway daughter of the couple selling the property. When Lee tries to intervene and help her, she becomes entangled with a supernatural force that soon pulls Lee's artist sister Vera into its web and has sinister plans for both of them. Uh... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get right out in front and just say I did not vibe with this movie. Like... <laughs> I don't know that I did either at all. Um, a couple of things was like initially when I started it up, it was IFC midnight. And I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, more often than not, when I see the IFC logo, it's come to warn me. Like you see a 24 and you're like, this is going to be good. IFC. I see that. And I'm like, this is going to be mediocre at best. <laughs> like yeah. it tends to be yeah. what they're attached to. I'm, I'm sure they've produced, they distributed some good things, but for the most part, I'm used to just like what we used to call just the straight to video stuff. It's like that kind of quality. Like this, this thing sort of feels like it was tailor made to just fill an afternoon on HBO. Like when you don't know what to watch mm -hmm. and it's just playing, but um, yeah, it started off promising. Like I liked the setup, like that first introductory, like scene, well, more than yeah. a scene, but the whole setup in the beginning, I was like, okay, this is kind of like a stylized, it feels sort of like a slightly more dark setup for like an episode of Supernatural or something like that, where I'm like, okay, cool. And then we're going to delve into the mystery. But it just kind of keeps like, like, I don't know. I just didn't follow a through line to this thing. It keeps switching characters and storylines and past and present. Mm -hmm. there, there's a point in the movie where I'm like, when did this turn into a demonic episode of Law and Order where they're just going around like interviewing people that were like, well, back in the blah, blah, blah. And like they're just sitting in like Law and Order style interviewing a witness from a thing mm -hmm. that happened like a long time ago. And I'm like, what even is this movie? So that was my reaction. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I used to like it. And I remember the last time I watched it, I showed it to someone. And I mean, this was, I remember we were getting stoned. So this was, you know, five plus years ago. And he didn't like it and I didn't like it either. But I had remembered enjoying it. Mm -hmm. But I think I had watched it at least a couple of times and thought I liked it. But that time I didn't. And I was like, well, I don't know. Now that all these years have passed, I don't know where I'm going to fall on it. Let's because I it really again. like his first movie, The Pact, which you've also not seen, right? No, but I, I when I was uh, reading about the director, I was like, I vaguely remember the movie. I may have seen like part of it or something like that, but it's very vaguely familiar to me. They're definitely, I mean, you can tell they're by the same director. There's so many things in it that are similar vibes and motifs. And things like that. But I, I think during quarantine, at some point when Joe and I have, like, we're going back and forth and showing each other, essentially doing what we're doing. Um, like, I would show him a movie, he would show me a movie that we'd not seen before. But I showed him The Pact, and he did not care for it. And I, because of that, I didn't like it as much. Like, I could just, I, like we've talked about, I could feel his, his energy. Mm -hmm. Um but like I, I feel like that's a much better movie than this. Okay. But it, there are similar things. Like this movie definitely, like you're following one person, then all of a sudden you're following someone else and you're like, oh, this is my lead. And then all of a sudden 
that person's no longer your lead anymore. Like, yeah. so it just does, which I don't hate that. Like, I, I, I think that that's an interesting choice and a choice that lots of movies don't make that you're like, yeah, one and then another and then someone else. Like, I, I can get behind that, but it just, yeah, this time it just did not just didn't meld well together. No, it it feels like they don't necessarily mesh because you're sort of just like, but why? Why was it necessary to switch to another character? Like, it doesn't really feel like it earned that. And I can't quite put my finger on it. And I think it's just, too, the movie feels like a imitation of a bunch of better, like, demonic movies. Because I'm like, okay, this part feels like it's from The Omen, and this part feels like it's from Rosemary's Baby, and this feels like sort of a, uh, you know, an exorcist inspired, you know, it kind of like has these like greatest hits of other demon movies, and it doesn't really do anything distinctly its own. Uh, even having the, you know, the, the, the one character is this mystery girl running around in a raincoat. I'm like, okay, don't look now you're inspired by like what it feels like. They just borrowed from a bunch of obvious better Mm -hmm. horror movies and mashed them all together to make this. I think there's like some good moments. Like I really like the beginning. I think Mm -hmm. that there's some creepy sequences when someone's like getting possessed or whatever. I I wish that they did different things because they kind of all do the same thing. Like a woman gets like brought up into the air, like sort of laying back and her body's arched in a certain way. Yeah. Like, that happens uh, multiple times. And like the first time it's kind of effective and then it kind of goes like, Meh. and then there's like another part where there's a character like sort of in the blurry background who sort of like split, like their body kind of falls off of them and the demon emerges. And I think that's a really cool effect. Yeah. There's like some cool moments like that, but like as a whole, it just doesn't vibe. But and as a and as a plot, like I don't really understand where they were going or why. You know what I mean? Like it sort of doesn't doesn't really have a payoff at the end. And there's just a lot of like, okay, like I sort of get it, but at the same time, it's like, why did you want to tell this story? It's <laughs> kind of how I felt by the end. Like it didn't seem very uh it felt like, as Teacher Drew has said, it felt like the first draft of something that they just went ahead and made and they didn't quite flesh out all the details yet. Yeah, and at times, even though this is long before Hereditary came out, but it feels like that in some ways. Like, there's this mm-hmm. evil entity trying to get inside of a child so that yep. it can live and have its life. Um, but so much less successful. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and, and a little less yeah clear you know at times as to like but like the whys and the hows and all that i mean not that you need that but this was a movie where it just seemed sort of like why should i care <laughs> in a lot of this a lot of as that especially by the end by the time it reaches like the third act you're just sort of like how much more movie is there is this over yet yeah i'm not, I felt I'm, not this time. I'm not sure what they're building towards i don't really understand why they went the direction they did and you liked the black coat's daughter right yes i yeah yeah i wouldn't say okay. i was like super crazy about it but right, it definitely right. I, I definitely enjoyed it and it was this a, feels similar to that and and i think that that is a much better movie i think that movie holds that better yeah i think that was trying things that this movie is trying to tread similar territory but the black coat's daughter did it more successfully yeah because that one also you don't know who your lead is and like what exactly is happening like there's a little bit of like a mystery to everything and how it all ties together because you're there's sort of three females in that that you're sort of like 
at different points watching all of them. So like I I was thinking about that. And here, like it's so because Naya Rivera is just so pretty. And I feel it's so that whole death of hers was just like so tragic. Like, cause I don't I mean she just drowned, right? They had no like, oh, this happened and she drowned. Like it's just a little bit of a mystery. She was just like out on a boat and they ended up mm-hmm. finding her and she was dead. And that's She's so gorgeous. She's so, so pretty. And mm-hmm. then the gal who plays her sister, Catalina Sandino Moreno. Did you ever see Maria Full of Grace? No. Oh, my God. That is such a good movie. It's about this. I don't remember how it all goes down, but essentially there, there's a girl and I think a couple other people in like her family or something that are drug mules. So she swallows like, you know, like a condom full of whatever heroin or whatnot. There's like mm-hmm. a couple of them that do that. And then they're like flying on a plane or going somewhere. And of course, it's just like it's just like so tense, such a nail biter. She's so good in it. And she's the lead. I would like to watch that movie again at some point. I just remember it being so good and just so like you're just like tensed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Unlike this. Unlike this, yeah. Where I was not tense because I'm like I I sometimes don't even understand why they're going the directions they're going. So okay. <laughs> I think I liked best there's the moment, and I think it's when Hannah, who's Ashley Rickards from Awkward, which I loved Awkward. It was a great show, but she I think is at the the um bassinet or whatever at the crib with the mom and she all of a sudden just sort of says under her breath sometimes it slips inside me and the woman's like uh what Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then later she comes up and she's like your baby is dead and i think that's a great moment but then like the baby's not dead and like why isn't the baby dead yeah exactly like what exactly inside the baby and it couldn't and so but like why wouldn't you just kill it if you're a demon yeah, like again, another thing where I'm like, kind of not sure what's going on here. It feels like you might want to to have tweaked the script some more, you know, before you went ahead with this. And it, even the setup that was a thing that kind of baffled me. Where like they use that idea of so the devil at the crossroads. Sorry again, mild spoilers, everyone. I should have said that before, but uh, the the idea of like meeting the devil at the crossroads is such a like deep. It's deeply rooted in American like folklore, like. Um, americana uh that i feel like there's a story there but they just kind of mention it offhandedly and don't really elaborate on what exactly is going on there what is that ritual why are people doing it and uh i think i think that would have been more interesting to kind of like dive into that and build that out some more i mean i think it's to inhabit a woman to have the baby that will be the demon yeah to have demon i mean i think that's the whole purpose of like everything that's going on um, but it, I don't feel it's fully successful. Exactly. Because, because going that direction then is such well-trod ground. Rosemary's baby, the omen. It's like, why, why are you even going that direction if you're not going to do something like, you know, wildly different from what they were doing mm-hmm. with it? So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have anything else to say about it. That's yeah, I'm I'm kind of tapped out too. <laughs> All right, well out of five red rain slickers. Uh, how many do you give at the devil's door? I give it two. I'm giving slickers. it two, two. Oh my god, that's a two two. That's uh, a two two and a Roll it on the slash. 
throw it on the slash heap, which we haven't done in a minute. I know. I mean, wow. it's a fine film. It's it's an all right film. Yeah. There's again, worse out there. Again, it totally feels like it's just on a Saturday afternoon on HBO or Showtime. It's just there to occupy programming space. Like that's yeah. how I feel like people would find this sort of thing so i still may give you the pact though because i really want you to watch it and i really want to know if it's any good yeah i'd i'd be down to revisit it well you won't have a choice yeah one I day decide. i mean eventually we're gonna have to cover like every movie ever if we keep doing <laughs> this thing so <laughs> all right well thanks everyone for going on this journey with us and thank you jeremy for being my friend no thank you brandy joe and if you want to write to us, scaring is sharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta and hit us the fuck up. That's right. Yep. E- email us, talk to us, message us, do something. Please come back and join us again next week. Will you? Yes. Yes. Please join please. us. Please. And remember, it's in the trees. It's coming. Uh, that's right. Until next time, guys, that this chud's for you. Yeah, and keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.